Okay, this is uh, right now. The music is like fading out. What music? The, the intro music. Oh, it's fading out. Oh, right, right. Um, hello, you're listening to Film Babble. Um, if the, you are listening to Film, if Babble, you're listening then to you it, are. then you are. My name's Antonio, and my name's Charlie. And on this podcast, we talk. Are <laughs> we, As opposed to most podcasts where no, they don't talk We are watching all of the sight and sound greatest movies of all time The 100 greatest movies The 100 not greatest all movies all of the greatest movies um, Not the 250 um, So this week we're watching Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West um, And last week we watched Tropical Malady yeah. How how are you feeling about Tropical Malady? I it, it I think it's a a grower, you know, for me. I think it, it uh like the more time I spend away from it, the more time I think about it, the more I feel like, wow, that was a that was a real special it was a cool movie. And um I don't know if that'll translate necessarily to the next time I watch it. I don't know if I'll like be as kind of tapped in for the slower parts because I know when when we watched it, I was kind of like, you know, let's go. <laughs> but um, pick up the pace, yeah. But no, it's it's like that was a cool movie. That was a really cool movie, and um, I'm I'm enjoying the the distance and the 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 shape it's taking in my mind. How about you? I I completely concur. Um, I, it's, it, I, I thought about it a lot in the few days after, and I've still got a few shots kind of lingering around my conscious mind. Which ones? Um, the the shot. No, actually, I, I didn't think about that again until I listened to the really? podcast. I mean, it's oh, such man. a great shot, but it's just like... That's the one for me. I was trying to cling to the first half so, so desperately. Um, it's really the one of them kissing each other's hands and yeah. then him walking away and the other mm-hmm. one just sitting there in front of the motorcycle or behind the motorcycle. Isn't whatever. that the last moment they kind of have before it like moves to the next part or one? Yeah. Of. Cause then he gets on the bus. Um, yeah. I think so. That just really stuck with me. And also them in the cave with the woman. Yeah. And he turns around. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I love it. I, I love it. Love it. Love it more and more and more. Um, as time goes on, I agree. Yay. Cool. Um, so what are you going into Once Upon a Time in the West with? Uh, I don't know much besides the fact that it's long uh, and it's a spaghetti western with Clint Eastwood. No, Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Okay, I don't even really know who Charles Bronson is. He's like a... I mean, I, I, I'm reading the... The book, and he talks about him, but I don't. I, I haven't seen anything. With the him. book, the Quentin Tarantino oh, book. Oh, Quentin Tarantino book. Cinema speculation, which uh, we are sponsored by. Yeah, Quentin. Thanks. <laughs> Go to cinemaspeculation.com slash babble. <laughs> Go to the Beverly New Beverly New Cinema. Beverly. I have never been there. Me neither. Let's and go. I hear it's great, and I hear it's I'm cheap. Sure it is. You get like. A double feature for like 13 bucks or something. Oh, so cool. maybe I, we could see Bullet and Deliverance. I would love that. That'd be fucking awesome. That would be so awesome. Um, anyways, yeah. So Charles Bronson was like a like a tough guy in the Kinda 60s. Like me. And yeah, exactly like you, really. Kind of like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Henry Fonda's in it as well. Um, do you know what role Henry Fonda plays in this movie? No. Cool. Um, Jane and, Fonda's dad. Um, Claudia Cardinale, I think her name is, is is in this as well. She Italian? Yes. Italian-American, I think. I think she speaks English in it. Okay. Well, they all speak English in it. Um, beyond that, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm trying to think of, fuck, who's the guy from Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Lee Van Cleef. I don't know if Lee Van Cleef is in this. Anyways, we'll we'll find out. Um, oh, you know what? I think he is. Are you serious? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of Henry Fonda. Um, Charles Brand- Branson. Charles Bronson's cool too. I'm so excited to see this. I'm. I- I've seen the first 15 minutes. 
Um, oh, you've never seen it, right? Never seen the whole thing. Um, just the opening, and it's awesome. And um, that's it. I'm just excited. I'm just really excited that we're seeing. We're going to watch the whole thing, and um, I think I've seen. Good, the bad. No, I haven't seen Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I've seen Fistful of Dollars, um, a Fistful More, or whatever, um, and Once Upon a Time in America. So, I've seen I've seen a couple Leone movies, mm. um, all of whom are scored by the great Ennio Morricone, and I don't know if this is also scored by him, but I hope so because he's a legend. Rest in peace. Um, and I don't know. Th- those are, those are all my thoughts. I'm just, just excited. Um, me too. <laughs> I, I like, I don't, I just don't know much going in. I, what little I know about spaghetti westerns is from once upon a time in Hollywood. Have you seen a spaghetti western? No, never. 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 Oh, sweet. I'm not, I'm not even sure if I've seen like a classic. Oh, I guess I've seen giant, um, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's kind of it. I've seen Tom Popo, which is a ramen western. Okay. Eastern western. <laughs> it's an east western. <laughs> um, That's a great movie. Did you, you haven't s- seen Tom Popo? That should be on the list. It should be on the is list. Is it on the top 250? I don't know. I don't think it is, but it I should doubt, be. I doubt it is. Um, it's great. Tom Popo's awesome. Oh, I love that movie. Um, you haven't seen Django? Or like I've Hippolyte? seen Django Unchained. Do you like it? Yeah. It's crazy. Cool. Yeah, it is crazy. I think... Uh, if you've seen that movie, I think Tarantino kind of, it's not the same thing at all. It's like a modern, you know, of course. contemporary movie, mm-hmm. but like he definitely understands the tradition and, and has like, I think a couple like tendrils of the, of his movie in that, mm-hmm. in the spaghetti Western that I think you'll like pick up on that when, when we watch, there's like a, a real like operatic like it's a movie spaghetti westerns are movies and i think you'll <laughs> know what i mean just from the opening like like epic it's just like yeah yeah it's just the there's the it uses sound it uses the image it uses like cool i know i'm being so like reductive and i don't know but well, no it's I, it's like, a movie. like a great man once said I really love this movie because it's like a real movie, like a real go to the cinema film movie. Couldn't have said it better myself, <laughs> honestly. Um, beyond that, I, I don't really remember the plot. Um, I know it's long. It's three hours. So I wonder where it takes place. Maybe it'll be like the my, West, my hometown. <laughs> Dude. Holy shit. Maybe you'll be in it as a baby. What year is it from? Um, 1960s. 69 okay got it i for some reason thought it was in the 50s so you would be what like two or three uh give or take (laughs) okay (laughs) dude (laughs) give or take what you need 30 years (laughs) i'm young i'm young and hot give or take 45 years what are you 36 i'm I'm a baby could you imagine showing a six-year-old like uh (laughs) What what do you think of tropical malady? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! When I have kids, <laughs> all right. Today we're watching tropical malady. Brighter summer day. Satan Tango. There you go. Yeah, show oh, him yeah. that. Come and see. Right. Oh my God. Happy fifth birthday. <laughs> You're old enough now. Stalker. Stalker. All right. That um, kid would be fucking cool. Yeah, it would be. That a would cool be the coolest kid. fucking kid. All right. Let's go, Let's go watch, watch Once Upon Once a Time in the West. Um, we will be right back. Yes, we will. Right back in three hours. Bye.
So we just watched Once Upon a Time in the West. And um, what'd you think? <laughs> it was so good. I ha- I loved it. You loved it? I loved it. Um, yeah, I have so much to say. I, re- I took so many notes. I loved it. I thought it was super engaging, super inventively shot and like told. The acting is really strong. It's just like a really great usage of pacing and visuals and sound design. The and, sound. And man. editing. Like every, everything works really, really well. It feels like very technically proficient. Totally. Agreed. Yeah. That's like my first. Wh- what did you think? It lost me. Yeah. And like by the halfway point, I was kind of like just not with it. Hmm. Just kind of like um, bored. I was just kind of bored, <laughs> to be honest, you know, to be honest. Um, I think the first hour was really great. And it just started to drag, like, heavily for me. Mm. And it never recovered for me. It just... um, The scenes just kind of came and went. And I kind of just lost interest with each one. And um, the ending is cool. The ending is really cool. And, like, that's the thing. It's, like, made by a really proficient filmmaker so it's not like i was at all thinking this is bad this sucks or like whatever just like i'm not with this at all i that makes sense i get that and i kind of feel like there was a certain point at which i kind of stopped caring as much about the story and i was just like I'm digging this vibe. Uh-huh. And I, I, I also just started tallying in my head all of the ways in which I feel like this movie is just putting on display the pecking order of cool guy. <laughs> and yeah. I, I will expound on that later, but uh, expand. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel that. I feel like I went from being like really interested by the events mm-hmm. to just enjoying the experience of the film and like Mm. the world and, and relishing in its kind of sometimes operatic sensibility. Yeah. I totally understand that. And I think, um, I don't know. I might've, I mean, it really depends on the movie. Typically I'm not someone who can like, vibe out (laughs) with Mm -hmm. movies it depends it depends but like more times than not if i'm not into the story i'm just kind of like not into it Mm. um you know there are exceptions of course but um i think with a movie like this with a western i kept comparing it to the wild bunch which came out the same year i believe 1969 Oh, 1968 is when this came out. So a year later. Um, Derivative. Whatever. I just kept comparing it to that movie, which I love. I Mm -hmm. love The Wild Bunch and I love the story of it. I love all the characters. It it just deals with the Western themes so uh, classically to, you know, um, I don't know, not put it as gracefully as I'd like to. I, I just like found myself just totally enraptured with it and thinking mm. about like, cause it, it, cause the Western uh, theme to me is totally, it's so uniquely American and everything about it deals with that, with what America was at that point, what people were doing at that point to expand and to grow. And the wild bunch deals with that. Like, mm deals with the the end of the wild west and the beginning of the i guess industrial industrialization of the west and i i think this movie kind of does that too but i wouldn't say it's like it's prodding you at all to think about it 
I, I mean, it wasn't prodding me. I'll say I, I mm. didn't feel any inclination to like be like, wow, the West and you know, the birth of a nation and the birth of like, you know, what I can't talk, but no, I, I get what you're saying. There, there's like a, there's a really rich, like witnessing of the beginning of something with Westerns. I feel like, um, before law really started to take shape and there was kind of these self-governed rules of the trade. And I don't know. Um, this movie felt like, um, just like a, like a total fantasy of mm. what that is, like a myth and a fable and, a just like, it just, it just finds the whole, to, to use myth again, the myth of everything of the West, beautiful and theatrical and operatic. And I think that's awesome about the movie. Uh -huh. And I think the wild bunch is like, it's like America is in the veins of that movie. And I wouldn't say it's in this movie's veins to me. I, I get that. I mean, I haven't seen the wild bunch. Um, and I haven't really seen, as I said earlier, many Westerns, especially from this period. Um, but I, I did have, I did have, um, I did feel, I thought a lot about the West and the, you know, kind of nondescript time period the film takes place in and the idea of moving out, especially from her perspective from New Orleans, or I guess we're sticking to non-spoilers. This isn't really spoiler, but yeah. Uh, moving from civilization to this wide open barren frontier where it's like this, this, the, the people who live out here, particularly like, you know, the guy she's going to marry thinks this is it. This is the next big thing, which it is. Mm -hmm. um, but you really have to, to take that leap and go put yourself in the middle of nowhere in this lawless territory where, you know, wildlife, climate, people are out to get you. Yeah. With the hope that the investment's going to pay off. And I, I was, I don't know, I was definitely thinking about that. It's, it's not the focus of the movie. I feel like it's a lot more about these people in this situation than it is about the situation at large. Yeah. Which, you know, is standard, but I was, I was there with that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I was just thinking about how <laughs> when she gets to the house, and she's just looking outside and it's just wide open. Yeah. That was amazing. I was like, I I envy that sometimes, a lot of times. I just that that distance and that space where all that you hear is like the cicadas or the wind or mm -hmm. the house creaking. It's really it, it's exciting and it's scary. And I think that the this film really teeters that line while also being really cool and, and removed from it. But I feel like that's kind of like, like we talked about at the very beginning of the film, it does feel like he's like, he's looking at it from the outside, Sergio yeah. Leone. Um, and I don't mind that. It actually reminded me, and you're going to hate this. It reminded me in that way of the way Luca uh, explores America and bones and all. Really? And the way that he like shoots it and yeah. And oh. kind of feels through the different textures and fabrics of America as it kind of like, you know, goes through the mm -hmm. East. It's what I was thinking of. Um, That's so interesting. Because it feels like it's this person who didn't grow up here, who has this fascination like I would have in Europe where uh -huh. I'm just like, I want to capture everything. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, I want every single thing I see to be on, on, film and to just luxuriate in its uniqueness. Yeah. And in, in a way that I don't think an American filmmaker would, they would just be like, yeah, this is like the landscape. Not, not, not that yeah, yeah, yeah. cut and dry, but there is definitely that, that bit of additional wonder and curiosity and like lack of, um, exposure that makes it really pop. Yeah. And I can see how you feel like that, that made it feel a little bit less real and more fantastical. 
I didn't mind that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have an issue with that um, fantastical feeling. Mm-hmm. It's more so that... Um, that the the just the story and characters did not engage me at all. Like I yeah. could mind that if I felt like what they were doing was interesting, yeah, and their relationships to each other were interesting. So can we like talk out like the the bare bone the bare bones like plot without without giving too much away? Just because I f- or maybe we can wait, but I just I feel like I sort of I, as I said I sort of stopped caring as much. So I'd, I'd just be interested to like. Go through it one more time. Um, or is that too... That's probably too spoiler. I think, like, let's, let, whatever. We'll, we'll just give, like, a short little... Um, yeah. I, I think we can just give little asterisks. Like, mm-hmm. this might be spoilery. But, yeah, so it's about... Um, <laughs> exactly. The railroad guy, the railroad guy, Morton. Morton. His journey to the Pacific Ocean. His journey. It's about that his, is what, what it is. <laughs> it's manifest destiny, baby. <laughs> um, so there's this town, Sweetwater, right? Well. Or this. House. House. There's a house. And uh, this guy, this railroad guy wants the land that the house is on. Because um, I guess it's profitable or something. Mm-hmm. And he hires a mean dude. Outlaw. An outlaw to go scare the people off, and he ends up killing them. This happens in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and the dude's like, what? Oh, shit. Whatever. So they pin it on this other outlaw um, named Cheyenne. and Played by Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> in Jaws. Um Wait, who? That's not who plays Quint. No, Richard Dreyfus plays. Um, oh God, he plays knows. like the scientist. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, just yeah. looked like Cheyenne. Oh, I thought you were talking about Quint. Is that no, 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 no. Okay. Quint is Robert Shaw. Yeah, that was that crazy guy in the wagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, Jason Robards. Jason plays Robards Cheyenne. plays Cheyenne, and he's but he kind awesome. of looks like Richard Dreyfus and Jaws. Hmm. I never thought. Yeah, I think that. so. Like the beard. The beard, yeah, the kind of patchy beard. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, um, so Jason Robard's character, Cheyenne, gets pinned for this murder. And the wife, or the soon-to-be wife yeah, of the, the, w- the victim. The family that was in town. killed. Yeah. Yes, you, yes, you did it. <laughs> you got there. Um, and there's this dude who plays a harmonica who arrives in town as well, kind of a drifter, another outlaw kind of guy. And you don't know what he wants, but he kind of gets wrapped up in this situation. And he's the coolest of the cool. He's really That's cool. That's kind of a spoiler. He's really cool. But he's the coolest of the cool. So I would say the first hour sets all this up. Um, and the next... Hour and a half? Hour and a half is kind of like... I don't know. Like stuff happening. Dancing around. They're just kinda, they all kind of start hanging out with each other. And it gets a little like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> For me, I was a little like, what? Okay, what next? What are we doing? And it's just a lot of, um, I don't even know what you'd call it. Okay, I do. Um, all right. So the introduction, the, the, the first 15 minutes that you talked about, that you had seen, I feel like, okay, so these, this group of outlaws comes to the, this railroad station and they walk in and they scare the bejesus out of this old toothless man. Yeah. Um, and then they prop themselves up and sit around and wait for a train to come in. And the way that this is done is so slowly. So slowly. And so deliciously. Like yeah, everything yeah. happens. It's, it's, it's establishing that the tone of this film is going to be like so slow, so patient and so kind of looking you dead in the eyes and going, Hmm, I'm going to do this. Are you going to like challenge me? And then I think that I think is so that first 15 minutes establishing this mood and these guys who are all trying to out macho each other is such a perfect way to uh, springboard the rest of the film. Cause that's what the whole film is. Yeah. 
that's what that's what the director is doing. He is those guys in the beginning. He's taking his time. He's building up anticipation through sound, through these little bits of not quite tedium, but like a the very fly, charged the- suspension. Like you're just sitting there watching these guys and you know something's going to happen. And I, I, yeah, I just feel like that's the whole movie. Like it's these moments of suspension that get longer and longer with a proportional payoff each time. Yeah. Which I, I really appreciated. And it was just, sorry to no, you're good. keep going. Just, it was, I thought it was really cool to see that just keep getting expanded and become more complicated, but the same sort of cycle was happening the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I would say the next big payoff to me that felt in the same realm as that opening was the ending. Like there was in that whole stretch, I didn't, I could not tell you a sequence where I was like, Oh, here we go. Uh Oh, Uh here we go. Like it's going down. Like, the bidding stuff, I was kind of like, all right, like, this is cool. You know. Even then, I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the deal with this? It's only at the end when it's made very clear where, where the lines are of, like, why this <laughs> character is doing this and why this, you know, and where it's like, <laughs> all right, let's do it. And the music swells and it's like, hell yeah, do it. But even then, it's been like an hour and a half, and right. it's like, and at that yeah. point, the tension has almost worn off. Like, like the final, the final payoff. Mm-hmm. I don't care about it anymore. Yeah, I didn't care about it anymore. I just thought it was satisfying, just like formally. Like, yeah, like it, was it, like need, it needed built, to happen. Just exploding, you yeah. know. It needed to happen, but I was also kind of like, okay, like <laughs> yeah. I, I, it wasn't the most interesting thing. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I just like, I, I felt like this sense of, of just like such enjoyment watching this film and sitting there and listening to it and feeling that beautiful score. Oh man. Although some aspects of it did get old. Um, <laughs> they, well dude, with a score like that, I feel like fucking play that shit till the end, man. Like, yeah, there were just a few themes that I was like, again, there are like four themes in the movie and they play them. All the time, all the time. Oh Three or four God. themes, maybe less. Yeah, but they're all Ooh. gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> Jill's theme, I guess. Jill's theme. That's what I wrote. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the intro? You had seen it before. Yeah. Um, I just think it's fantastic. I think it's like maybe the best scene of the movie, and um. The sound, the sound mm-hmm. in that movie. Oh my god! And especially like have, having made a movie and working with sound, countless movies. No, just it's um amazing what they did. Mm. Fucking amazing. Um, and not even the just the technical whatever of it, like how they recorded the sound of the fly, whatever. It's it's the fact that. Leone knew that if he focused on it, it would work and pay off. That's the like, wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know that exactly what you just said. And that is going into what I think is so great and so consistent in this film is, is that attitude mm-hmm. of confidence and peerlessness and that's yeah. how every character in the film feels. They feel like they are peerless, every single one. Well, I mean, at first, and then there's the pecking order, which, uh-huh. I, again, I'll get into. But they all have this attitude of, like, I know exactly what I'm doing, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I feel like that's what he did. And that I just have so much respect for that. Because, mm-hmm. like, he just, yeah, he would take these swings. And I, it reminds me of the shot where after... um harmonica is the man's name yes after he's shot it's it in the beginning of the movie yeah, by the way in the very beginning it cuts to the windmill the windmill meal the windmill <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. and, and it pulls of it. out of it 
which is just like, I think a really great way to reestablish this like quiet and this tedium Mm -hmm. that was just lost. And then it goes to a, a shot of his face where it doesn't look like a human face. And the only thing about it that really looks human is his eye opening, his blue eye. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like that is such a, it's such a strong choice to take this character's face who is going to be important, but we don't really know him yet and just mm-hmm. c- continue to obscure him in this way. And uh, anyway, just turn him into like a landscape. Yeah. And then that eye. Yeah. That I thought that opening. was so neat. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. I love the sound of the, I guess of the windmill and that whole scene that mm-hmm. just the like the creaking yeah. the whole time. And then it stops. Well, yeah. It comes back and you know, well, I, what I thought was super interesting is at the McBain's house. The like cicadas. The cicadas. Yeah, yeah. And the only, the time you know, when you know in the Wild West, according to this film, death is approaching or danger is approaching is when it's quiet. Yeah. There is always it's, that sound. So cool. And when it's quiet, shit's about to go down. Yeah. And that's the same of the film. And it makes me think about like when you're in the wilderness or like, you know, it's dark outside and you go outside and you hear just like a little sound and you filter everything out except for what you just heard. And you're and like quiet and yeah. you're, uh, you know, the hairs in the back of your neck, the whole sense thing, uh-huh. it gets so heightened. I feel like that's what they did with the sound design. This whole film, it was, mm-hmm. it was like, it was, oh, it was just so astute mm-hmm. and it, it was it, so visceral and it I'm translates talking so much. You talk. No, well, I feel like you just have more to say than I do, but it translates to, um, there's there's a shootout in in a town in this movie, which I don't think is a spoiler. <laughs> um, and but also if it is, whatever. Yeah. Oh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. We're we're like the we're like them. We're like them. There's a shootout in the town. Anyways, there's a shootout in the town, and <laughs> leading up to it, you know, the town is kind of bustling. People are doing their things. You hear the. Of the uh, just of people going about whatever, and as the shootout uh, begins and shit goes down, it gets quiet and everyone retreats, like kind of off screen. But there's nobody walking around. The, the town becomes a ghost town. You can't hear anything and you can't see anyone besides the people in the shootout and the guns. You can't hear or you can hear. That's the only thing you can hear. Excuse me, I'm all over the place, but um, I think. That is working hand in hand with the feeling of when shit goes down and you're in the middle of the desert in this movie or the farm or whatever, the house, it's quiet and shit's going down. And when shit's going down in the most populous zone of this movie, a town, everyone just retreats. It's the same thing. Whether it's cicadas or human beings, everyone retreats and goes quiet while wrath takes over. Yeah. And I think it that's that's another part of the like the mythical feeling of this movie of like these these characters are like not people. They're like they're like men. They're just giant men of like of of myth, of mythological stature who come in and and move the earth and are never scared. <laughs> and, yeah. And I think that's like part of the Western legacy that, um, you know, I, I didn't want to, uh, um, imply that I thought this wasn't like a legitimate Western or whatever, cause it doesn't do what the wild bunch is doing. It most certainly is. And I think it is informing what the Western feels like and, and is, um, and, uh, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you just said um, sparked a thought I was going to touch on, which is, I think one of the one of the ways in which I felt like the movie best commented on the the situation, the society, like the West, was in the people, like everyone. I feel like for the most part, besides like the main talking characters or the outlaws, the people were. Zombies, robots, or cultists. Like it was this weird, there was this weird off note about everyone. Like the wagon driver who takes her from the railroad, the the bartender, 
the people in the bar who are just kind of like lazily looking around. Mm. There's this really uncanny feeling about everyone. And like, like they, it's like she gets off the train and there are people literally tumbling off the train. They look like, they look like corpses. And it's like this, it's like this, there's all these people in this and they're sun addled and they're drunk half the time. Mm. And it's, it's like they came out here with all these expectations or whatever, or they were born here and it's easy to lose your drive or your will or, you know, kind of be reduced to nothing. And, and it's like, there are all these terrified voyeurs Hmm. Uh, that, that wasn't really cohesive. I don't think, but, but, um, but like what you're talking about when in the town, there's a shootout and they all run and hide. It's like the, it's like, so second nature. It happens all the time. If you're not a part of the shootouts, you know what to do. And you become this like kind of creature who Mm. gets shepherded or whatever by these big men who take charge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just feels like, um, like, like, like Cleopatra or something or, or Mm. some sort of like epic of that, of like an ancient kind of feeling like all, all these people in this movie existed at one point, not, not literally as, as you know, harmonica didn't exist but they they certainly do not exist anymore none of them at least in in the way they are living their lives um and in this context in the united states you mean the like the big men the big men and the people of those towns like the 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 people who are building the west and are and are expanding it and the lives they have to live and the way they live, they, they, they've like faded into like myth in history. Hmm. And you think so? I think in, in just in like the specific historical context, like I'm sure there are examples of, of like, you know, the things of that nature. But I think like when it comes to the United States, like our, our history, they're gone, hmm. I think. And I think you can feel it in the movie of like, this is from a, a different world that led to us. Yeah, I see, I see what you mean. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if I agree though that everyone is gone. I, it's definitely different, but it feels like they're, they're definitely modern versions of, of all of these people. Like these fearless power hungry men who are just you know having big dick contests with each other mm. for you know obscure reasons still exist in a different sphere you know maybe they one it, it maybe they aren't outlaws maybe they you know live above the law now you know in the business sphere or the political sphere or whatever yeah, I would say of uh, all the characters in this movie, is his name Morton, the railroad guy? Yeah. He's the one who has gotten bigger and uglier. <laughs> his his character, his his archetype remains mm. and is and is larger. And I feel like those men who 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 feel like they they live only you know to a code or something or for themselves or live for vengeance or live for survival or who lived with with the hopes of building a a better future i would say those people aren't around i would i would agree i would say harmonica doesn't exist Mm-hmm. He isn't real. He's a cipher. He's like he's just fantastical. Yeah, and I love it. Like it's great. It's really interesting. The whole uh, this is kind of spoiler revenge thing is a bit. It just doesn't land for me that well. 
Yeah. But I don't care. Like it, it's still, his character works for me the whole time. It's just, yeah. it just gives him a reason. It gives him a reason. Um, and it makes it fun. Yeah. Besides just being good. The way I was thinking is like, why not just have, okay, we're, we're going to spoil something. Are we going to get, the, okay. we're going to spoil the ending of the movie. I'm going to spoil the ending of the movie. Um, wait, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so harmonica kills Henry Fonda's character. Henry Fonda's the villain Frank. because Henry Fonda like killed his brother or his dad. Or something. Well, yeah. His relative. He like made him kill his dad. Yeah. In a way. In a way. Um, so that's why he has the harmonica. And when he kills Henry Fonda's character, he puts the harmonica in his mouth, just like Henry Fonda did to him. Um, and it's kind of just introduced during the scene that mm-hmm. he, this flashback, you know, that he was the one, even though they're a little like hints yeah. at it before. Um, but I was kind of thinking, wouldn't it make more sense for just Jill like, like we started the movie with this like amazing scene where her family gets slaughtered and, and then she kind of just takes the, like the back seat for the rest of the movie. Heaven forbid we give a woman agency. No. But I, it's like, I don't know, like you might as well just like flip it around and like have her like, I don't know. It made, it just made more sense to me. It would have been more like cathartic if she just like fucking blew his brains out. Yeah, the film is not that, not ready for that. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much like, I mean, not even, I don't even want to, the film is misogynistic. I don't want, but I don't want to say it's like a misogynistic film because I think Mm -hmm. probably for the time, well, I don't, I don't actually, I shouldn't throw this out here. I just feel like there are elements of it that are fairly feminist, but overall it still treats her. You know, the way the characters treat she's her. She's like a ragdoll dude. Yeah. She just gets thrown around. She gets thrown it's around. Crazy. And like, and, and she, she's a complex person. And that I think is what I mean when I say that it's doesn't reduce her to nothing, but mm-hmm. the other characters try to, and therefore the film does to an extent. And she's just the way she's used yeah. visually can be a little. And just like her whole arc. I like that she becomes a sort of a. She takes over the town and yeah, starts to like care Mayoress. for it. I, I don't know. It didn't it didn't feel like um, that's where she was led. It felt like or at least like dramatically at the beginning. Yeah, it was setting her up for something else. And it was like, oh, well, she's the girl. Yeah. And she had just... the gun out the window and then it took the gun out of her hands and put a coffee pot in. And, and then and that and then, was it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And like ripped off her, the stuff covering her cleavage <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> like why that did that happen? So, yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the movie, she boobs out. And it's just no like, gun. well, no, she's not, <laughs> but they don't really let her do anything. No, they don't. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then she falls in love. <laughs> Does she? With who? With a harmonica. harmonica? Yeah, but she's. I don't know. I was just kind of like, you're okay. Come um, back someday. Okay. Someday. Um, yeah. I will say, oh, okay. S- some of the better mirror shots I've seen in a film were the shots of her looking at herself. Like they, they felt remember. very meaningful. Uh, bef- so her first time alone in the house, she had two distinct times where she was looking in a mirror. Hmm. And the first one was like trying to, it felt like she was trying to steal herself and basically go, you know, build her resolve, look at herself and go, you can do this. You can, Mm. you know, you can, you can figure this out. And then the next day she has one right before she opens the door to Cheyenne and she like can't make eye contact. And she like looks down to the left, right under the camera for a while and kind of zones out. And then she looks back at herself and like, you know. Oh, cool. Takes a breath. And I thought it was super interesting. And I, f- I feel like I've been, I've been more aware of mirror shots lately because I heard someone say like, oh, a lot of young filmmakers love to do stuff in the mirror, you know? And it's like a negative thing. Yeah. Just like it. Cause it's cool. Okay. Like it's a cool trick, you know, to, to be like, look at this person in a mirror. And I do think, I mean, I think that's true. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but, yeah. but I just, I've been thinking a lot more about if you're going to use a mirror, what is it doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like this movie used it really effectively for me. Cool. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, but that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. So do you like the cast? 
Yeah. I love the cast. I, I love Everyone was awesome. It, yeah, really good performances. Jason Robards. Man, yeah, he's yeah. Great. He was terrific. Henry Fonda was terrific. Yeah, he's awesome. Especially the scene, and we're, we're into spoilers now, yeah. right? Yeah. The scene where he kills the kid. It's great. His, it's, it's nasty oh, and fucking he just, heartless and he, cold. There, okay, and this is getting into the, the, the coolness thing that I keep talking about, but like they're the stillness of them and the fact that they're it's their time and everyone else is on their time. Like Frank, everyone else around him is on his time and he'll deal with you when he's ready. Yeah. And it's going to make you squirm and wait. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what he does. And he just sits there and looks at him and he waits to respond. Oh, it's just so awesome. It's cool. It's so cool. He's great, man. Yeah, He's, I mean, he does that. Harmonica does that. <laughs> Jason Harmonica Robards waits. does that. Every like all of the the big men who are vying for this like the coolest, which I think the whole film is just a competition for who's the coolest, and Harmonica wins. Yeah, because um, he he has the fewest least cool points, the fewest not cool points. Yeah, in my book, which I'll. I will read the list. Later. <laughs> I, I was taking, I was taking a list of what's cool and not cool. According really? to this film. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, have you seen, um, too old to die young? No. Are you familiar with it? No. It is a mini series on, um, Amazon prime. It's directed by Nicholas winding Reffin, the director of drive and only God forgives. And the neon demon. And, um, shout out. It actually reminded me of, or rather this film reminded me of that show. I just finished watching it and I think it's great, but that is the slowest show ever. Like in that slower than twin peaks, the return. No, the original. Oh yeah. Way slower than the original. Um, Apparently the return's pretty slow, but I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, it's on the top two fifty. You could, like, I'm sure the scripts for these episodes, and some of them reach an hour and a half, like forty pages. Like people take long pauses and they talk really slow, kind of like in this movie. Um, and it's a crime thriller, and it's a cop thriller. Um, and Miles Teller plays the similar sort of like archetype of a man. Um, and the, I, I just felt some sort of similarity between the two in terms of the, the slowness, the, the confidence, the coolness. Um, I feel like they're, they're actually quite similar. Hmm. Um, except, you know, this movie's two and a half hours and that's 13 hours. What's it called again? Too old to die young. Too old to die young. It's really great. And I don't really have a deeper point besides that, but I think if you watch it, I think you'll feel some sort of like, okay, there's, there's, you know, he spits too. the main character, Miles Teller. He spits a lot. Like that's like whenever he doesn't have anything to say, he'll just spit on the ground mm. and characters in this movie were spitting. And I was like, Hey, yeah. Man, big wada dip. Just, just. <laughs> so nasty. Yeah. Yeah. That's Anyways. interesting. Uh, you reminded me of this with your, you know, relating it to another thing. What do you think about this? The, her arrival at the train station and her drive to her home and her getting there and real like and like within that ride having her dreams crushed when the guy is like sweetwater yeah that's a funny name to give that shitty place you know <laughs> like you just see in the matter of 5 minutes all of this excitement and hope and mm-hmm. i'm moving to a new home with this man that i met who's going to sweep me off my feet everything just crumbles remind me a lot of black girl oh that's interesting. The opening of Black Girl. Hmm. Okay. It, there was a parallel there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I, you. which I, which I dug. Um, and then her getting to the house, and the funeral parade. And this is not like Black Girl, but just ah, oh, that was so like she pulls up past all of these people in black to the, to the family or to the, 
bodies of her new dead family on the red and white gingham. Yeah. Jesus. Christ. And then she's just like, holy shit. Can, like bad to worst to worst. Uh huh. And then everyone leaves and she's alone. Yeah. Where her family was just shot and killed. Yeah. Like that. Was so <laughs> it was, that was yeah. really great. That was a really great part of the movie. And the score is just like pulling so oh, much yeah. weight on it. Well, and, and stopping at that like bar distillery thing on the way. Yeah, that was yeah. So, oh, that like the tension of that scene. Yeah, that rem- that that was one of the moments that I felt like was another of the oh, intro. Oh, yeah, definitely. Our introduction to Cheyenne, like a long sequence that yeah. just pays off at the end. And that's that was one where I really felt like the people in this place are out of their minds oh yeah yeah they yeah. are crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> bartender <laughs> every she walks in oh god and the shot of her walking in those swinging doors yeah. and everyone is just looking at her mm-hmm. this is this weird gross place with all these skeletal men <laughs> <laughs> that was a great t- again man the first hour is like amazing amazing um and the movie like does a real good job of uh, showing you of 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 knowing how to uh, lovingly depict in a way. I don't know if lovingly, maybe the West. Like it, like loves how this place looks. Yeah, this movie. Oh my god! It, it makes you. It makes you want to move there. Yeah. It makes it. It made me want to go. You know, set up shop in Tucson or something. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. It's fucking gorgeous, man. The plains and the frontier, all of it. It's just mm, the cliffs. Um, it the reminded colors. me of this interview with uh, PTA, where he talks about the making of There Will Be Blood, which is, uh, I think, you could um, compare the two in some ways. Oh yeah, certainly. Um, he talks about how uh, when you get out there, this is what he said. When you get out there, you just put a camera down, point it somewhere, and it'll do the rest of the work. Like, it's that's how it looks. That's just how it looks. And all you need to do is hit record, you know? Um, it's fucking gorgeous, and it, it's, um, yeah. it's nice to be reminded, like, man, America has some amazing views and amazing uh, parts. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. That... Um, it made me think, I feel like Daniel Plainview is maybe one of like uh, one of the more recent characters that's closer to this kind of man, mm-hmm. like this uber macho in this film's terms, cool guy. I mean, his motive is a lot clearer, um, mm-hmm. like for what he wants. Um, but he feels like a similar, like he's going to make you wait and he's going to say it to you as slowly or quickly as he wants. Yeah. You know? Power. Yeah, that, that. Oil. Yeah. Blood. Money. Upton Sinclair. <laughs> Played by Bill Nye and Mank. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Cool. You remember that? No, I don't remember. Awkward. Did you see Mank? I did. I enjoyed it a lot. Cool. Um, Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um... What do you think? Anything else or should we talk about the list? Um, do you want to hear my list of what's cool and not cool? Yeah. Okay. So here is how to, this is like the list of do's and don'ts for how to be cool. According to once upon a time, once upon a time in the West. Thank you. I was going to (laughs) say there will be blood. (laughs) Here's what you should do. Stare. Here's what you shouldn't do. Blink. Here's what's cool. Standing still. Not cool, moving too much. Cool, neutral mask, not cool, emotions. Cool, slight smile, smirk, if you just said something mean or you're talking to someone you hate. Not cool, getting shot or dying. Cool, cutting yourself, or not cool, cutting yourself shaving. Cool, cutting yourself shaving if you don't react to it. Like mm. what Cheyenne does when yeah. Frank is shot. Yes. Um. Not uh, cool, not grieving, not cool, being in love. <laughs> cool, knowing a song, one song on the harmonica. <laughs> not cool, lonely soprano banshee wail. 
<laughs> you don't think that's cool? Not according to the film. The like the that plays during the. She's theme. not cool. She's cool. Ooh. No, 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 I think she's cool, but according to the power dynamics of the film, she's not cool. Mm. It's cool for them to call her a whore. That's cool. But it's it's not cool to be a woman, unfortunately. According to the film, not me. Um, and I'm equating cool to power as well. But just like the way that they're like, every every interaction is a cool off. Frank loses. He's You know he's done for when they're in the train and Harmonica gets scope by saying that he's the name of the ki- people he's killed. And he slaps him three times. Yeah. From then on, Frank's, Frank's resolve is weakened. Yeah. And he, he has to like keep everyone on his side. And he, mm. you can see that Harmonica has gotten him. Yeah. And like Cheyenne is yeah. cool the whole time until he gets shot mm. and he's dying. Which, how does he get shot? Do you have well, any it's idea? Off it's off screen. Because he, he goes to the train and like all his men turn on him or whatever. Or no. No, because he gets sold or whatever um, at the oh, auction, and then Frank goes to the right. train, and everyone is dead, right? Except for Morton, who dies okay. eventually, right? Okay, um, so I, you I remember just off now. screen, yeah. Um, but do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. Uh, I, I don't you. think because her the her motif comes when she's alone or she's going. She thinks she's going to be alone. Mm. That's when it hits. Is like. Fuck. It's every time she has the thought or her character is in a position where it's like, I'm going to have to do this on my own. I'm alone. You know, like when she gets to the house and she walks in for the first time and she's just looking around like, fuck, Mm -hmm. can't find a gun or money or whatever she's looking for. And then at the very end, when Harmonica leaves her, it's like, I'm on my own again. It's like her lonely. I'm the one voice. I'm the one soprano. But a little stronger. A little more ready. Yeah, to, and it, and it's yeah. got this it's got this orchestral swell, and it's not without hope. It's just like alone. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, it feels lonely. At the end, it feels like a little bit more powerful. Yeah. Anyway, her walk, the way she's holding her head. Yeah. Held yeah. Up high exactly. A more tits out. Tits <laughs> up. Um, okay, my biggest criticism of the film: worst title graphic <laughs> ever. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> the worst title. It just spins around. <laughs> so ugly. I didn't think it was that bad. It was so silly. It was like something I would have made in PowerPoint when I was nine. <laughs> and thought was so sick. For like a um, school project. <laughs> That's funny. Also, I would say. So many great quotes. You remind me of my mother. She was the biggest whore in Alameda. <laughs> Mike drop. But he, but he also he also she says she's a very fine woman. She's a very fine. The finest woman the I ever finest knew. Finest woman I ever knew. Yeah. Um what you else? should learn to live if you uh, you should learn to live as if you didn't exist. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And he's like, "How can you trust a man who wears a belt and suspenders? He can't even trust his own pants." <laughs> <laughs> I like the one when he's like they talk about how easy it is to get to five after doing four or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I like that one. I like I get the specific. Your friends have a high mortality rate, Frank. Mm-hmm. That's fun. That's all I've got. They're just cool. Dialogue cool little by. little fuck you. Yeah, I was thinking about, because the story is by Dario Argento. Uh-huh. Bertolucci. Bertolucci and Leone. Yeah. And what the fuck? I know. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Berto fucking Lucci. Yeah. Directed by Sergio Donato and Sergio Leone with dialogue by Mickey Knox. Who the hell's Mickey Because I was thinking about it, I was like, these Italians know how to write a, like some zingy American, like zingy <laughs> yeah. American lines. They must have had like a, you know, translator or dialogue guy. But mm-hmm. To make it. Mickey Knox. And DP Tonino Delicoli. Great, great, great cinematography, I thought. Hmm. Film rep. Okay. He disagrees. From Wikipedia. Uh, Leone's intent was to take the stock conventions of the American Westerns of John Ford and Howard Hawks and rework them in an ironic fashion, essentially reversing their intended meaning in their original sources to create a darker connotation. Most obvious example is Henry Fonda as the villain, who's usually a good guy. Um, so apparently they're referencing films like Shane, The Searchers, Man Who Shot Liberty Balance. Um, that's cool. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. 
It makes sense. It does. It yeah. like it's funny. It's not. I, I didn't feel like it was totally dry. I thought it was. It, it was oh, like it was, yeah. it was a little tongue in cheek. No, definitely. definitely. Um, which I also really liked about it is it kind of yeah it didn't take itself it, it took itself seriously but it was also a little like these people are ridiculous. They like the things that they do and the way that they speak to each other and like this macho off is funny. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. There's some funny moments for sure. The funeral of the McBains is borrowed almost shot for shot from Shane. The searchers mm. and the ending. That's cool. It makes sense. Yeah. No wonder Quentin Tarantino likes Leone so much. Um, okay. I want to talk about the list. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. So was this 95, right? With the tie. Yeah. Even without technically, is it 95? How we're doing it? It's the fifth movie we've seen. So it would be 95. Um, do you think this should be on the list? Um, fuck yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's awesome. It is completely epic in every way. It's a it it showcases a complete mastery of craft. Mm-hmm. Like it knows exactly what it's doing the whole time. Yeah. With every element. It's beautiful. And I I I did really enjoy it. I, I do appreciate it more than I enjoyed it. But that also heightened my like. I enjoyed it a lot, so it's a high bar. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was really something and really deep too. It's not just fun or anything. Yeah, not that anything that we have just said makes it seem like it was. But mm. I don't know. I I feel uniquely um, impacted by that. So yeah, cool. I say yes, and. Where on the you think it it fits where it is on the list at a ninety five? I think it should be number one. Holy shit! <laughs> you know what? Fuck the list. I'll say it. One. I am. I'm, I'm. If I have to choose <laughs> one film for the whole list, it's this one. And you know what? I'm never going to change that. No other. Never. Fi- no other film we watch will change my mind. That's Charlie. I vow. Charlie. That's <laughs> that's the opposite of the point. <laughs> okay, nah, I'm just kidding. It's good. Be serious. 95. I don't know. I don't know where I'd put it. I don't All right, know. Cool. I I I still it's can't answer question that question. Um. Yeah, I would say should be on the list. Um. I think if you're gonna put any western on the list, this one's a good one. Yeah. You could do. I haven't seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, but um. <laughs> You made it sound like those were three different films. I know. <laughs> or The Ugly. Um, I, you know, in terms of my what personal preference. Power of the Dog? Oh, my God. Um, I fell asleep so hard in that movie. Really? Holy shit. So you yeah. didn't watch it? Not technically. I was, I was unconscious. I want to rewatch it. We should watch it sometime. I'm good. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would put The Wild Bunch over this movie for sure. Um, but on the list or just in terms of, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I, I know personally I would put the wild bunch over it, but, um, I think, I think this makes more sense for this list. Mm. I think if I were to, to just make the greatest movies of all time list, not in terms of my personal preference, but just what I think, I, I think wild bunch would be above it. But I think for a list like the sight and sound list, which um, I don't know, feels more like Eurocentric, not as not as like focused on genre stuff and popcorn and, you know, blockbuster and whatever, and, and doesn't really see the merit in popular movies like that or these popular tropes. Mm hmm. I think this is a this this is a great choice because it like again is made masterfully and deliberately and it's undeniable those those aspects of the movie um while also being a satisfying western um mm. I think the wild bunch is is just a lot more fun and 
Um, while also it is, I think, I don't want to say deeper cause it's whatever. Cause they're different movies and doing different things. Um, I, I found my experience with the wild bunch to be more fun and more rich, more satisfying, more exciting. All the things that I want out of the Western, I think the wild bunch does better. Um, so personally and whatever, as objective as I can be about it, I would, I would go with that film. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the purposes of the list, good freaking movie. I'm, I'm happy to see it on the list. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like, I, I love that they, that they put this in the top 100 and didn't like kind of shove it into the backlog of the 250. Um, not yeah. to say any of those movies are bad or whatever, but no, they're um, the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's getting recognition, and uh, I think that's cool. Yeah, and there aren't enough movies about men being men. On that's this list. That's damn. So thank right. God. Damn right. <laughs> After watching Pansy Tropical Jesus Malady, Christ. What else is there to talk about? Is that it? Um, I don't know. Feel good. Like the movie. Me too. I, I really, I really had a good time. And I remember when we talked about it, you were more excited than I was. So. Yeah, and I feel like it's switched now. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I loved it. I loved how, like, I don't know, mm. how it was a little haughty. <laughs> no, like, like H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. I know. Okay, okay. That's what I'm laughing at. Um, and I haughty. just enjoyed it. It, yeah. <laughs> It's a funny I, word. I loved it. But cool. What are we watching next week? Next week. A Man Escaped by de Bresson. Robert Bresson. Um, I've seen this movie. I have not. I've seen Pickpocket and that's it. Cool. It's uh, I'm excited. It's so good. Yeah, A Man Escaped is awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Where does it belong in the list? Number 1. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to thumb war you for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right some more <laughs> okay well it's been a pleasure like always it's been a pleasure um all right well then will I, we'll will, see you next week for... will you will you come back someday someday, someday. yeah <laughs> how funny would it be if one of them just stumbled Pro pro probably <laughs> i mean yeah i'll see if i can afford it sorry um, my, my expenses are pretty low right now. Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> or she's like, huh? <laughs> I can't. Yeah, she asks him. <laughs> I can't hear you. Sorry, what'd you say? I, I said someday. Okay. <laughs> and Cheyenne's like, someday. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll Farewell. see you next week for. See you next week. A man, a man escaped. escaped. Yeah.